Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Not Defined by Endo. Today we are speaking with Melissa Buchan, an integrative health coach and a neo-fertility advisor. Melissa is the founder of Virtus Fertility Center in Texas, USA, and she provides her clients, many of whom are endometriosis and PCOS patients, with the tools to monitor and track their fertility cycles. She provides cycle-targeted diagnostic testing to optimize fertility treatment plans. And she has also developed a fertility app called Chart New, which acts as a powerful tool for charting your cycle and assessing your health. Melissa offers free discovery calls to women who want to understand more about this process of cycle charting, the best apps to use, and how to chart for diagnostic testing, family planning, or just self-awareness. So today, we'll be talking all about what it means to chart your cycle, why it is important, and why it isn't simply the same as period tracking. Remember that I am not a healthcare professional. So whatever I share on this podcast is to inspire and empower you to take control of your health and your bodies. Please always speak to your healthcare professional before making any major changes to your diet or lifestyle. With that said, sit back, relax, and let's have a listen. So welcome, Melissa, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so glad to have you. It's a pleasure to be here, Tanola. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So let's just jump right into it. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to become a fertility consultant? I'm really interested in seeing what your journey has been like. Yes. You know, women who are in the fertility consultation world typically have their own personal journey. And my way into this work was definitely one of a personal journey. So I'll begin by, as a teenager, I really struggled with chronic fatigue, irregular cycles, and horrible menstrual cramps, but I just kind of dealt with it. And then one summer I spent abroad as a foreign exchange student in a, in a foreign language immersion program. And I don't remember much about that trip. I probably wouldn't remember anything if it weren't for the pictures that I took, just chronic fatigue and horrible back pain. I actually thought I had a kidney infection. I'm navigating a foreign language in a land that I am not accustomed to, trying to find care, lo and behold, I start my period and it's horrific. And it was a horrible, traumatic experience to the point where I didn't, I was in so much pain that I didn't recognize it as menstrual cramps. So as soon as I got back home, my mother took me to the doctor and we were searching for answers. We wanted to know why I was tired all the time, why I had such erratic cycles and why I was in so much pain. And, you know, the answer that I was given was, well, we're not quite for sure, but the birth control pill is your best option to be responsible and healthy. And by the way, if you ever want children, IVF is probably your best option. Now we have to realize I was a teenager. Having children was nowhere in my horizon, my line of thinking at that time. I just wanted to feel well. So I did what I thought was the healthy, responsible thing. And I started taking the pill. 
And, you know, it helped my symptoms a little bit, helped the pain. I had what I thought was a regular period. I had a regular monthly bleed, but the mood swings and the fatigue were still out of control. And I just didn't feel well. And so fast forward to college where I studied biology, I remember sitting in the classroom for anatomy and physiology, and the professor was lecturing on the mechanisms of how hormonal birth control works. And that was a big aha moment for me. I made the connection that what I was putting into my body was doing nothing to help heal my body. It was just masking the symptoms. Here I was trying to eat a healthy organic lifestyle, trying to work out. But yeah, I was putting synthetic hormones into my body that was just suppressing the issue and doing nothing to resolve it. Yeah. So I went home through the packet of, of pills in the trash can and I started looking for answers, which led me to charting my cycle ultimately getting a proper diagnosis of polycystic ovaries and, and treating like I have endometriosis. Now that is a surgical diagnosis for sure. Um, but I, I've managed that for the last, gosh, that's 20 years now. Time goes by so quickly. And to follow up on that, um, I'm not alone. So I didn't realize that I was at the time that this is a common conversation that doctors are having with their patients. And I know this now after 15 years of working with women that my story, I hear my story again and again and again in the women that I work with. Mm-hmm. And here we are 20 years later and the same approach to medicine is still being practiced, which yes, it breaks my heart. And I'm sorry for all of the women who go through that. But there is hope and there are doctors who do take a restorative approach. And that's kind of what led me to this work is that I experienced a transformation through charting my cycle, through listening to my body, and then really mapping out my lifestyle so that I could, within what was in my control, I could take control. And so really taking a holistic approach to managing my lifestyle and then knowing that medication is sometimes necessary. Surgery is sometimes necessary and being able to connect with restorative reproductive medical clinicians who take that approach and are able to promote healing rather than suppress symptoms. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. That's a great journey. So you mentioned that, you know, one of the things that helped you was figuring out how to track your symptoms, like your your cycle. And I guess that helped you with tracking your symptoms as well. So can you tell us a bit more about, you know, why we need to track our cycle? So what we learn, I don't even know if we learn it in secondary school or wherever, but we know that, okay, you've got 28 days and then ovulation is on day 14 and that's when you, you could get pregnant and all of that. But now we know that that's not necessarily true. Not everyone ovulates on day 14 and all of that. So can you share a bit more about that and why? that is the reason why cycle tracking is very important. Yeah. So Tanola, I'll first say that it's actually so much more than tracking your period. It's charting your cycle. And they're actually not the same thing. A lot of women think, oh, I'm tracking my period. That That's the same thing as what Melissa is talking about, charting your cycle. They're actually quite different. Anybody can track their period. It's marking the first day of your period and then counting how many days till the next period. But charting your cycle is so much more. It's really listening to the inner workings of your body, learning how to track specific biomarkers, and then following that story and giving into the ebb and flow of the hormonal fluctuations, learning to map your reproductive hormonal health, and then adapting your lifestyle to optimize that. And 
what I hear again and again from women, you know, you mentioned maybe secondary schools where we're learning this concept of every woman has a 28 day cycle where they ovulate on 14. You're right. That's just not the case. Only 13% of women ovulate consistently on cycle day 14. And I call the 28 day cycle, the unicorn cycle more often than not, at least the women that I work with do not experience a classic 28 day textbook cycle. So those of us who do struggle with hormonal imbalance, endometriosis, polycystic ovaries, um, anything that's disrupting that hormonal symphony, we typically have a bit more of an erratic pattern. And time and time again, what I hear from people are, why have I not heard about this before? And typically when they come to me with that, that remark, it's, it's riddled with either frustration or guilt. And so we have to work really hard to put that aside. It is not your fault that you've not heard about this before. The period, menstrual health, unfortunately, in our time, modern culture, it's kind of taboo. So I work really hard to break down that taboo of it's normal and healthy to talk about menstruation. Menstruation yep. matters and it's important for women to be empowered by what their body is telling them through the patterns of the menstrual cycle. It's actually documented in the medical literature that a well-charted cycle can serve as the fifth vital sign in women, right up there with blood pressure and pulse. Wow. So when we are learning this, again, first of all, let's address why aren't women learning about this? Well, there's no, a couple of reasons. I mean, we could probably have a podcast in and of itself just on the reasons why our culture does not promote cycle charting. Um, one is because the pharmaceutical industry has such a, a strong investment interest in, in the pill and the IUD and things that make cycle charting impossible. Yeah. Second is that, unfortunately, I think a lot of doctors, they think that it's an undue burden to ask women to chart their cycle. But from my experience, I find it's the very opposite of that, that women actually feel very empowered by the daily practice of tuning in and listening to their body and charting their cycle. So, you know, I think the tables are starting to turn that as we have the ability to share this message with others, women are able to take control of themselves. It really is a grassroots movement of learning to chart your cycle. The women I work with, I encourage them, take your well-charted cycle to your physician. Any physician who knows the, the basic ins and outs of the reproductive female reproductive system will know how to navigate your cycle. Yeah. And then it's this, this issue of, oh, you know, um, doctor, I may experience a little bit of abnormal bleeding, you know, a couple of days here and there versus you have it mapped out. You can actually give them the days and the quantity and the pattern of any abnormal bleeding or any biomarker that may be outside of an abnormal parameter. So this is bringing you up to the level of being able to communicate with your physician and their understanding, wow, women can learn to really listen to their bodies and use that information to navigate their care. I think that is so important. One of the things I try to sp say to women I speak to on my platform as well is that this is so important to be educated and to go to your doctor armed with a lot of information because then they know that you know what you're talking about and then they take the effort, even though you know time is usually limited when you go to see your doctor. When you have everything all mapped out, then you don't even have to wait for them to ask those questions. You're like, this is what it is. And then, you know, you can take the next step. So I think that's really, really important. 
You are so right on that because, I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but navigating endometriosis is not an easy journey. And it takes a lot of effort and time, as I'm sure you know and have experienced, to navigate what lifestyle choices work best for you. And there's no one size fits all. There's a generalized approach that we can recommend to women, but it really comes down to what works best for you. And if your doctor sees that you're able and willing and committed to investing in that journey, then they are going to be open to listening to you and to helping to customize your, your plan. Doctors are very busy. And in today's um, modern uh, medicine world of, of how uh, healthcare is delivered, they don't get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with us. They have us for a very short amount of time. They're able, they're trying their best to give us a lot of information in a short window of time. So the better prepared we are and the, the more equipped we are to communicate what's going on with our body, the better outcome we will have in those interactions. Okay, great. So let's, let's dig a bit more into the cycle charting. So not the period tracking, <laughs> the cycle charting. Yes. How do we do this? So what, do we, what are the things that we need to track or chart? So is it how we feel in the morning? Is it our temperature? Is it, I know something about basal temperature and um, something about your cervical mucus or something, but I think I just want to know a bit more about what are the things that we need to chart and what should we be aware of when we're cycle charting? Yeah, this is a really great question. And I'm going to preface it by start simple and get fancy later. So my goal for every woman who I teach to chart their cycle is that this just becomes part of their activity of daily living. It's what they do. So we want to start as simple as we can. And then once they master a, that approach, we can add on other biomarkers. So the first foundational biomarker is cervical mucus. Cervical mucus is the number one indicator of ovarian hormonal health. So cervical mucus is a direct response from the two ovarian hormones, estrogen and progesterone. Now I'm simplifying this. The endocrine system is a very intricate interplay between you know, all aspects of our body. The brain and the ovaries are communicating to facilitate and orchestrate ovulation. So cervical mucus has a very... Um, distinct characteristics depending on what the dominant hormone is at that time. So not to get into too much detail, I don't want to bore your listeners with, you know, <laughs> with this, this, this science lesson, but um, over the course of the menstrual cycle, we have essentially four phases, menstrual bleeding, the follicular phase where your body's preparing to ovulate, the ovulatory event, and then the luteal phase. During follicular phase, estrogen is dominant and estrogen acts on the cervix to produce estrogenic type mucus. It has certain characteristics that when we learn to observe throughout the day can tell us where we're at in our cycle and when ovulation is approaching. And then following ovulation, there's a dramatic shift in the quantity and quality of the mucus characteristic. It's dominated by progesterone production. And so when a woman learns to track the cervical mucus buildup, she is able to track where she is in her cycle and get a picture, an idea of if ovulation is occurring and, and maybe a sense of is the quality of ovulation optimal. It's not enough if we ovulate, but what is the quality of the ovulation? And then we can just start to really evaluate different parameters of the cycle. What does the luteal phase look like? Is that a normal, healthy parameter? What does the menstrual bleed look like? 
are there any abnormal bleeding or spotting events that occur before or after menstruation that may cause a red flag? So that's the kind of the basic foundational level is understanding how to navigate the cervical mucus buildup and shift throughout the cycle. Then once we're able to establish that habit, and this is, it's, it's so much more than just tracking the cervical mucus, it's rewiring our habit loop. And I always tell my, my clients, your mama didn't teach you how to use the restroom the right way. And it's not her fault. She, did, she didn't know, right? But when we take a restroom break, it's called a restroom break for a reason. We tend to shut down, just go get business done and then get back to life. But it's really this opportunity for us to listen to our bodies and understand what's going on. So cervical mucus is a really important aspect of charting your cycle. And then we can add on basal body temperature. This is a great secondary cross check. Basal body temperature is taking that waking temperature in the morning. You have to use a specific type of thermometer and there are certain criteria that, that you want to meet, making sure you get enough sleep, that you're, you're temping um, correctly. And if you're able to implement this habit successfully, with every normal healthy ovulatory cycle that you have, you will see a thermal shift because progesterone is a thermogenic hormone. It means progestation. So it is, if conception occurs in a cycle, it is creating an environment to help warm up the body a little bit to encourage a continued pregnancy. So if we see that thermal shift, we know that ovulation has occurred. It cross-checks that cervical mucus, which again is the indicator. Then we can continue to get even fancier with hormonal checks like LH and proved progesterone shit that strips to book in the ovulatory event. Um, and then even further into that, looking at blood tests with an RRM, um, restorative reproductive medicine doctor, cycle targeting your hormones to see if they're within optimal uh, levels. And then sometimes um, follicular ultrasound series looking at the quality of ovulation. So starting simple with cervical mucus, and then we can get fancy with at-home solutions or working with physician to cycle target testing as well. And cycle targeting testing is really important. So I, I would like to speak to that because in mainstream medicine at Chinola, as you mentioned, we're taught everybody has 28 day cycles with a 14 day ovulation. So yeah. mainstream medicine says, let's get a cycle day 21 blood draw to test estrogen and progesterone and look at the ratio between the two. But that's really only valuable information if you are ovulating on cycle day 14. Yeah. If you ovulate on cycle day 18 or 20 or 24, that information really does not give us any information other than, oh, you haven't ovulated yet. But yeah. it doesn't give us any information or indication to the quality of that ovulation. So will this be the cycle-targeted testing? These are blood tests, I presume? Yes, they are. Okay. So does this mean that for people, you have to do the tests on like multiple days in a cycle so that you can know exactly when you're, maybe you're ovulating? Or is it something that people can do like, for a few months to figure out what the right ovulation day is. And also, does it change for our cycles? Do they change? Does ovulation change from cycle to cycle? And is it, is that normal? Is that common? Yeah. So a lot of questions to unpack here. So first we can gather some information about overall history, um, cycle history. So if a woman has fairly consistent cycles, we can use that information to make some, some generalized assumptions. So if she has between a 27 and 35 day cycle, we can make some assumptions. But for women who have long erratic cycles or you know they never know when their period is going to come, 
ovulation is constantly hopping around. So when we're looking at the overall cycle, it's the follicular phase from the first day of menstrual bleeding until the day of ovulation. That is the 14 day luteal phase. It's going to be 14 days plus or minus a day or two for every normal healthy ovulatory cycle that you have. So it's not that that our period is hopping around. It's actually the day of ovulation that hops around from cycle to cycle. Oh. So that's that's the first um, part of the question. And then regarding the cycle targeted testing, it is best to do all of the, the cycle targeted um, hormonal evaluation in one cycle. So typically what that looks like is a cycle day three blood draw. Uh, and this is pretty mainstream. Um, all physicians usually, if they're doing an evaluation of a woman's um, reproductive hormonal health, they'll do a cycle day three blood draw. And then as you uh, progress past the ovulatory event, you are wanting to look at a blood draw panel um, assessing the estradiol and progesterone levels and ratio seven days past ovulation. So rather than the, the kind of standard cycle day 21, we're looking at seven days past ovulation. And then some doctors who, who practice a specific branch of restorative reproductive medicine called nephrotechnology, they will do a very thorough hormone profile where um, when you're counting days past ovulation, it's three, five, seven, nine, and 11 days past ovulation, they will have you do a blood draw. And then they're actually plotting your hormonal curve right. so that they can assess really what that entire cycle looks like. So yes, to answer that question, all of those blood draws need to be taken within one complete cycle. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. And then some doctors, depending on what, what your specific plan of care is with that, that clinician, they may have you follow up with the P plus seven blood draw every consecutive cycle until your cycle is balanced. Okay. So I have a question about endometriosis patients that you've seen. When you do their charting, do you see the instance where their estrogen levels are high, like a lot higher? Because what we know about um, endometriosis is that it can create its own estrogen and its own blood supply as well. So do you see, is this something that can be seen when you're you know, doing the charting and the blood tests and all of that? Do you usually see that with your endometriosis patients? Yes, you can see estrogen dominance definitely in endometriosis. Now, blood tests are not used to diagnose endometriosis, but it can help point in the direction that that is a probable cause of the estrogen dominance. Of course, gold standard is um, laparoscopy, um, you know, investigating surgically to see if there is the um, endometrial adhesions that are building up. Right. But yes, we, we can look at, and again, I'm not a physician, so I am a, a new fertility advisor and health coach. So I will help point women in the direction of getting this analysis done. But unfortunately, I am not able to draw those labs or interpret them myself. Okay. So I want to talk about your app. I'm very excited to share that app with everyone listening. Can you tell us a bit more about, I know it's called Chat New, right? That's what it's called. And you, you mentioned that it was your project that you had worked on. So can you tell us how it works, what it does, where it can be found and anything else about the app? Yes, I would love to char uh, uh, talk about Chartneo. So first it's available on the Google Play Store as well as the Apple App Store. Now this app, so just the logistics out of the way, it's free for 45 days. And then there is a yearly low fee of about 10 US dollars to maintain the app. 
we are a, a small team and we do treat the the chart within the chart in UF as a confidential health record. So we do follow HIPAA and GDPR guidelines in the creation of the app and the online portal. And Janola, the reason why I got behind this project is I wanted an app. I had paper charted for years. I wasn't keeping up with it. It no longer fit into my lifestyle, but I could not find an app that was currently on the market. And there are a lot of cycle charting, cycle tracking apps out there but none of them met my standard taking a medical management model approach. So I partnered together with Dr. Phil Boyle of Neofertility in Dublin, Ireland, and our amazing software developer, AJ, who is based in Florida. And the three of us have worked together over the past several years to create this tool to allow women to collect the data needed so that they can get a medical evaluation from an RRM provider. So we are tracking cervical mucus based on external observations according to that medical management model. Then you can pair in the basal body temperature, which is interpreted according to the SensiPlan guidelines, which is the approach of basal body temperature tracking that's documented and cited in the medical literature. Then you can also track your symptoms, the medications you're taking. You can also um, track any uh, blood tests that you have. So these cycle targeted blood tests, you can input them on the days that you have that taken once the results are in so that you can track the progress. So it's a nice, cohesive, comprehensive record of your reproductive health care journey. You also can connect with a coach. So the women in my program have access to the Secure Messaging Center. If they have a question, Hey, Melissa, my doctor's ordering these labs. I'm not quite for sure when to target them. Can you help me? As soon as I receive this message in the Secure Messaging Center, I'm able to evaluate their chart and get back with them. So it really allows for dynamic support and getting um, your team in a place to support you if you are, are working through this restorative approach um, to, to reproductive medicine. So yeah, the Chart Neo app, it's been a labor of love. And it's something that if, if you want to try it out, try it out. I will say there is a little bit of a learning curve. And I always encourage women who are learning to chart to, to start with maybe a coach or an advisor to help them navigate their way to making sure that they are tracking correctly. It is as much of an art as it is a science in learning how to chart your cycle correctly. You just literally answered or half answered my next question. I was going to ask about your coaching program and just to ask for, you know, a bit of information about exactly how your coaching program works and how you usually go about um, working with your clients. But before I ask that, for the app, for those people that are not in the US, so for those people that are in the UK like I am or in other countries, they can download the app and pay for it, but do they also have access to maybe some, like you, when you said you could text or message on the platform, is that possible for people that are outside the U.S. or is just yeah. within the U.S.? No, it's absolutely possible. Um, again, I've partnered with um, a physician in Dublin, Ireland, in, in, in the U.K., and so he uses this in his practice, and he has a cohort of advisors who are in um, – in the actually I think it's in the Ireland area who offer the services. So this app is available worldwide and we have several language interpretations. I can't even tell you all of the languages that 
is available in this app. I know I'm not even going to try, but a <laughs> lot, a lot of, I, I should know this and I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed that I don't, I was not part of the, of the um, interpretation project, but they did a fabulous job of, of getting volunteers to help us navigate through the translation process. So it's been translated into several languages. I believe the last count, it was seven or eight languages that it is um, um, available in. So yeah, so for my program, I work with women worldwide. Um, I have a a global audience. I have women, um, of course, in the United States, Canada, Australia, the UK, Africa, and I really work to build a team to where we, I call, I say that we, we have a reproductively diverse group of women, women struggling with infertility to hyperfertility and everywhere in between. And we try to accommodate all time zones. So we're a time zone friendly <laughs> program as <laughs> well. <laughs> yes. Yes. It really is with, with the way that globalization has allowed us to communicate and I to know. share knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so my program, so I'll say, you know, when I started this 15 years ago, I went through a 13 month allied health program and it was all one-on-one consultation. So everything I did, I was meeting in face with a person taking them through this educational program. And I, it was great, but as time progressed, I realized people are busy. They don't have the time to carve out an hour to spend with me every other week. And then I moved to a major Metroplex where it takes 45 minutes to get anywhere. And I know we've had a conversation, Tonola, you commute. You know what yeah. it's have to, to travel into town to have an appointment. So I had to get creative. And I, I said, okay, I can't keep up with the demand of women wanting this service. I'm very passionate about delivering this service and I have to take it online. When I was doing that, I started studying integrative health coaching. So not only did I change the platform, but I also changed the approach. So rather than a teacher educating students, I take a coaching partnership. I view my clients as a partner. I am their guide walking them through this journey. I do acknowledge that every woman is the expert on her body. She knows her body best. And so we honor that space in this journey. So when a woman um, enrolls in my program, they get immediate access to my foundations course. It's called the chart your cycle foundations course. It's about three and a half hours of recorded content, but I, I worked hard to study online programs and how to deliver online education. So everything is seven to 15 minutes long, every lesson with worksheets to fill out. I want women to know how their body works like the back of their hand. That is my primary goal in that course, along with teaching you how to make proper observations. So you work through the course and you enter the learning curve of trying to chart your cycle. You're not going to get it perfect that first cycle. I always say, give me three cycles or 90 days. That's where we really see the habit start to stick. (laughs) We have to make that habit sticky before we really see progress. So, um, so you're learning how to make those, those changes into your daily habits to record the data. And you got to take it day by day to see that cycle story play out. During that time, you have access to group coaching calls. We have an amazing lead coach in our program. Her name is Hava, and she facilitates some incredible group coaching experiences where we talk about mindset. Because a lot of women coming into the program Melissa, I have to chart because my doctor wants me to, or I have to chart because I'm dealing with endometriosis. It's a burden. My goal is to shift that mindset into it being a daily empowerment process. Hmm. 
even if you are struggling, this can be a beautiful daily practice. So we work first on changing that mindset, acknowledging where you are in your cycle and in your journey, and then we evaluate charts and these group coaching calls. Then women also have the option to enroll in my one-on-one coaching program. So not only do they get the secure messaging center and access to the app, which I waive the fee to the app in my program and the group coaching calls, but they also have access to one-on-one monthly group coach, I'm sorry, one-on-one individualized coaching sessions where we are not only evaluating their chart and making sure that they're documenting it correctly, but we're also focusing on a secondary goal of lifestyle implementation. Because change does not happen overnight. It's about small, concrete steps moving us in the right direction. And then when I'm working with women who are struggling with endometriosis or reproductive health issues, we are also working on helping them build their web of support. So um, helping them get the resources, whether through telemedicine or through their, their specific location, connecting with doctors who take a restorative approach, helping them to understand the importance of pelvic physical therapy so that they can connect with a physical therapist in their area. It's all about, a, as you know, with endometriosis, it's about building that web of support. It's yeah. about having the right players on your team so that you can navigate what living with endometriosis looks like. As you know, there's no cure but it can be managed. That doesn't mean it goes away. That doesn't mean that life becomes easy, Hmm. but it can be managed. And a mantra that I hold near dear, there are no shortcuts to any place worth going. So we have to learn, you know, what is it that we have to give up in life? What is it that we have to add? We can't do all the things all the time. So for everything that we add to our healing program, we have to be able to let go of something to create that space for healing. That's a little bit about what my program looks like. Wow. Sign me up. (laughs) That sounds, that actually sounds amazing. I hope people listening can see the value in everything you have to offer and sign up for your coaching program. Well, you know, I really appreciate it. It's been a a labor of love. This chart your cycle program is, is just a little over a year old. It's something I'd been dreaming about for years, but I was so caught up in my one-on-one work and so busy that I didn't have the space to dream. And so what I did is I actually shut down my one-on-one work for about six months so that I could write this program and create the framework for it. And I launched it last July and it has just been a beautiful journey for me and for all of the women that I'm working with. And I do like to interview every person who comes into the program to make sure that it is a right fit for them. And so that's where the discovery call comes in. So anybody who's interested, um, they can sign up on my website for a 20 minute discovery call. and. Again, I work with women struggling with um, reproductive health issues. And then Coach Hava, she works with women who are in that postpartum phase or looking to space children um, and wanting to utilize natural birth control. Um, And so that's kind of when you're looking at like, who do I choose? That's kind of helpful for navigating who the best fit for you is. But of course, we communicate with each other. Yeah. On a very regular basis in our team meetups. So we help to, to place you with the right coach. Wow. That's fantastic. So what, if I may ask for a tip (laughs) for those listening, what tip would you give for anyone who, um, you know, would like to do something? So you mentioned before that, you know, it has to be a series of steps. The habit can be formed in one day. It's a lifestyle. What can you do? Just one thing to add to, you know, your progress when it comes to improving your fertility or improving your health? 
I would say charting your cycle. Um, it really, that's the barometer. And of course, of course, I'm going to say that, but it really, is. of course, I'm an advocate for my program and for the new app, but there are a lot of apps out there, or maybe even just start with pencil and paper and being confident. I mean, can you think of the last time you went to any type of doctor's appointment, even the dentist, and they didn't ask you when was the first day of your last menstrual period? Yeah. Ladies, we need to know this information. And not only when the first day of our last menstrual period is, but how long was that period? How many days of brown bleeding did you have leading up to the period and at the end of that period? What day did you have um, your peak day so that we could identify the time of ovulation? How long is your luteal phase? How severe is PMS? When does PMS start? Do you suffer from reverse PMS? Okay, you're not going to answer all of these questions in the first cycle, but the first step is starting in that, that, that approach to charting your cycle. Mm. My program is not the only program out there and there are do it yourself approaches. I love the book, taking charge of your fertility by Tony Wessler. That is like the Bible of do it yourself, teaching yourself how to chart your cycle. A lot of women have great success in, in navigating it on their own. Um, my program is built for busy women who are serious about um, an RRM approach to, to getting to their health issues and are looking for support because it can be a lonely journey when charting your cycle is not a mainstream approach to our reproductive care. But by all means, my program is not the only one. So I say that with the caveat of charter <laughs> cycle it doesn't have to be with my program, but there are, there are a lot of resources out there to get started. A lot of free Facebook groups out there um, that can help you navigate as well. So it is growing, I think, in recognition and women are realizing that, you know what, it, it, it is a daily empowerment practice to know where you are in your cycle. And then that leads to knowing, you know, it's directly tied. Hormones are directly tied to our energy levels. Mm. It leads to that self-acceptance. You know, last week, so if you, even if you have normal, healthy unicorn cycles, <laughs> as, I admit, as I like to call them, <laughs> last week you, you were getting ready for ovulation on top of the world, you know, slaying your to-do list full of creativity. And then a mere 10 days later, you can't get out of bed. You just want more than anything to nap and you feel like a failure. Mm. Now, the only part of that that's untrue is that you're a failure. You are not a failure. You are female. The female body is a hormonal roller coaster. Our energy, our creativity, our moods, they shift based on where we are in our cycle. So I always tell, the, I tell women, we are not little men. We can't compare ourselves to men. If a man were to chart, he would be fertile every single day. He's always ready to go. He's very predictable. <laughs> but women, we are this enigma. And it's, it's our cycle that's guiding this shifting energy within us. So if we can recognize and honor that, that's why I, we're tapping into our superpower. Like we really are these beautiful creatures and sometimes we need a little extra TLC and there is nothing to be shamed about in that. Yeah. By the way, I have never heard of reverse PMS. I was like, I held on to that. I was like, what is reverse PMS? So I oh, it's a thing and it's not fun. So a lot of times, like for that normal healthy balance cycle around the time of ovulation, women will know they have an uptick in energy. They have an uptick in attraction. Their libido tends to be heightened right? It's just kind of evolution's way of making sure we continue to procreate and, 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 and you know, perpetuate the species. Yeah. But for women who have a hormonal imbalance or suffer from, from reverse PMS, ovulation can be actually a stress response in the body. They um, can have headaches, mood swings, a decrease in sex drive. Um, they maybe even like break out in, um, 
into like a stress response, um, headaches, anxiety, um, maybe a depressive episode. And so, and for some women, it occurs around ovulation. For some women, it starts the ovulation and it lasts for the duration of their cycle. And then as soon as they start their period, they feel that sweet release yeah. um, until that next period. And so um, just something to, to acknowledge that for that, that's a, it's a, it's a red flag that something is off balance that you should get checked out because um, ovulation, we're actually supposed to be kind of on our A game during that time. Yeah. And this is why charting is very important. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> Thank you so much, Melissa. This has been really amazing. I've had a lovely time. I feel like I've learned. I thought I saw myself as someone who knows a lot about, you know, my cycle and ovulation and, you know, the phases of the cycle. But now I'm like, I think I need to go do some reading. <laughs> well, it's fascinating. And I'm sure Tamala, that you do know a lot about it. Um, it's just one of those where I say you can start simple and get fancy later. And so you can take it as, and make it as complicated as you want. But if a complicated charting daily habit is not something that jives with your personality and temperament and all that you've got going on in the day, just knowing where you are in your cycle and when that ovulatory event occurs, that's enough for some women. Some women need to take it a little bit deeper, but oh, it's always a pleasure connecting with you. I feel like, um, you know, we've all, this is our second conversation with each other. I feel like we've known each other for years. I know. I feel the same. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been good. I think um, this is a wrap. I have no more questions. Do you have any final thing to say? Or I just want to encourage women to just trust their bodies. The the female body is really created beautifully. And even if it's not working how you want it to work or how others tell you it's supposed to work, it is still beautiful. Sometimes we have to, you know, I say for those of us who are struggling with hormonal imbalances or endometriosis, we are like a Lamborghini. We are a finely tuned engine that needs extra TLC and special care where our partners or our best friends, they may be like a old beat up pickup truck. They can take a little beating on the weekend and their engine starts fine on Monday morning. Whereas we cannot get out of bed. We can't get out of the garage. <laughs> we need a major engine overhaul. So our bodies can perform beautifully, but sometimes it just takes a little extra work. Um, and that works looks different for every single one of us. So, um, if you are struggling with difficult cycles, if you are struggling with infertility, with endometriosis, don't lose hope and know that you can be your best advocate in, in demanding the type of care that, that you're seeking. Oh, thanks so much. This has been fantastic. I've had such a lovely time and it's a wrap now. Do you chart your cycle? Have you learned to be sensitive to the changes in your body and health? I know I haven't been as sensitive as I would like to be, but like Melissa says, start simple. There's more information to be found on Melissa's website, which is www.vertusfertilitycare.com. That is www.virtus. F-E-R-T-I-L-I-T-Y-C-A-R-E.com. So do reach out to learn more. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would love to know. Send me comments or even a DM through my Instagram or Facebook page. Share with your friends and subscribe to the podcast. 
If you also have any questions to ask or topics you would like me to discuss, feel free to shoot me an email on info at notdefinedbyendo.com. I love to hear from you all. All of this information is found in the show notes. Until next time, my name is Teniola and remember, you are not defined by Endo.